my husband and I, we've adopted two uh, girls who were born in China. When we were going through the uh, application process early on for our first adoption, I spent uh, many, many hours looking at uh, what are called referral photos. And a referral photo is the photo that an adoptive family receives um, when they have been matched with a specific child abroad. So at least in the China program, the way it works is you don't know you don't know who you're going to be adopting ahead of time. At some point late in the process, the Chinese agency matches a specific child with your specific family and you receive the photo. And so when you receive the photo, it's 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 uh, it's a big event. To help pass the time and as a way of encouraging myself, I would go online and I would look at the referral photos that other families had posted. And I was fascinated with these photographs, curious about, you know, where they were from, learning, you know, the different regions of China and just was just um, enamored with, you know, these beautiful young faces. So eventually we receive our referral photo and six weeks later we go and we um, meet our daughter for the first time and and come home and and, um, finalize the adoption process. So fast forward maybe five years, I was watching a film. It's the story of a married couple. The wife ends up working in an orphanage. And I recall so clearly watching a particular scene in this movie where there's a very slow pan over this room of children in this orphanage. It would uh, linger on individual faces And as I was watching this scene, I remember thinking, oh, look at her fine features. She really reminds me of Raina. And wow, look, that girl, she kind of has wavy hair. And that's like Sophia's. And boy, you don't really expect that. Oh, that person has a toothy grin just like Malin does. And I realized I was visually processing this group as a group of individuals. They, They jumped out at me as individual faces. And I was just startled because um, I thought to myself, if this had been an orphanage in India, I can almost guarantee that I would have not visually processed the scene in the same way because I don't have a bank of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of images of, you know, the vast variety of faces um, like I do for China. I really think it was looking at all of those photos for all of those months that helped me finally see this group as just a bunch of individuals together. And it took a lot. It it took a lot to get there. And I didn't even know that it was happening. You know, it was completely unconscious. It, It just, I think, takes a lot for our hearts and our minds and our eyes to get there where we start viewing groups that look different from us, not as groups, but as individuals. Early on, when when we adopted our first daughter and she came home as as an 11-month-old, we felt um, really embraced and pleasantly surprised when going out to a restaurant or going out waiting in line at the store. The response that we would have most of the time from people in the community who, you know, would smile and say, oh, isn't she cute, and ask us questions, sometimes too many questions, um, but who were curious in a very positive way. And, and that was wonderful. I mean, it, it, I felt reaffirmed as an adoptive parent, and I, and I felt hopeful, you know, for the future of my daughter and how she would eventually live, you know, her young life out in this community. And I won't say that that's been replaced by anything negative 
But when babies stop being babies, <laughs> you don't get the attention or the recognition that, that there's something special about your family or something different in a positive way about your family. And, you know, perhaps that's fine because I don't really need my eight-year-old hearing questions or too many comments from complete strangers when she can understand. <laughs> but I do wonder about how things are going to progress for her in elementary school. That, And I wonder how I'm going to be able to help her navigate that because I haven't had that experience of being the person of a different ethnicity in a community except for the, the short few weeks that I've been to China. And I don't really have an answer. I guess we'll just take it as it comes. I'm a big advocate for the Hilltop House down on old campus. It was the only preschool that we would have considered just because it's got such a diverse group of kids there. The teachers are diverse, ethnically diverse. There's a, you know, span of socioeconomic backgrounds for these kids. Um, I love that my older daughter makes reference to her friend Regina as brown. And when I was a kid, we didn't talk about brown. It was black and white. And it's just, it's small. It's really subtle. Wasn't anything that we taught her. You know, that just kind of also speaks to the real diversity in skin tone and facial features and hair that it, you just can't lump all Chinese people in one group. We'll all put out our arms in the middle of the table and she'll look at her younger sister's skin color and mine and my husband's. And, you know, we see that there's a range, lighter than, darker than. I guess that's the extent she has described her own skin color. My mother-in-law, she will describe uh, my older daughter's hair as black. I say, well, no, it's not black. It's dark brown. It's kind of like mine. It's actually really close to my color. And she's, oh, I guess you're right. I guess I just, you know, just keep, you know, bouncing back to that thought about Chinese people having dark, black, straight hair. It's not so simple as that.